Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to Genesee Valley Church's online podcast. GVC is a non-denominational church in Flint, Michigan, and our mission is simple. To love God, love people, and love life. I know that you will be blessed by the message and the words that God has for you today. Now, here's Pastor Tony. Well, this morning we're going to begin a new series. Uh, we just finished up one, but coming into the holidays, it just seemed fitting to start a new series, and it's going to be called Offenses. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody ever taken an offense before? Anybody ever been offended before? You ever been an offender before? <laughs> right? Well, you know, just uh, it just seemed fitting when, when we think about this concerning the holidays. Again, Thanksgiving is coming up. And obviously, most of the time when we have a, a holiday function, it surrounds family. But how many of you know family can be messy? You know what I mean? I mean... It's not like it used to be, or at least what they used to portray on TV where it was, you know, leave it to beaver. No, life is messy and families are messy, right? And for that matter, maybe if you begin to think about your family members that are coming over, maybe grandpa's going to be there and grandpa's always grumpy. Or maybe it's that aunt, you know she's going to be there and it just seems like she always says the most inappropriate thing. Or it's your daughter that's coming over and she's got four kids and she don't have any kind of sense of discipline. And so she can't wait to get over to your house just to let them run crazy. And she's going to sit on the couch on her on her behind watching TV while everybody else watches her kids. <laughs> you know that one, right? You know what I'm talking about. Or maybe, maybe it's the cousin that lives like the Rockefellers, but everybody knows that their marriage is falling apart. Or maybe it's the cousin that is living the alternative lifestyle. Or maybe it's the relative that just recently passed away. And everybody's sad and wishing that that person could be there. And obviously there is no perfect family. But it's a shame that when we revolve or or when we purpose to, to do life together as families. One of the most tragic experiences is when family has been tore down, maybe destroyed, maybe ruined for the sake of offense. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Getting into offense or taking an offense has destroyed many relationships, many families, and has just bridged or built a bridge between people that has not been mended. And so I really want to touch base on that this morning or to begin talking about offenses for the sake of getting us or helping us get into a healthy place or maybe even identifying some things in our own lives. The Bible dictionary defines offense as this, anything that arouses, produces, or becomes a hindrance to others or causes them to fall by the way. The actual Greek translation of the word offense is defined as this, the part, now listen to this, The part of a trap to which the bait is attached, hence the trap or snare itself. Did you see that offense is really a trap? And there's something about offense that is baiting you to come close. 
And then the Webster's Dictionary defines offense as this. The act of creating resentment, hurts, feelings, displeasure. The condition of being offended, especially feeling hurt, resentful, and angry. So let's put that all together. We could say it this way. Offense is a snare that is luring you or baiting you to get into the place of hurt feelings, of offense, of being hurt, or being angry. Does anybody relate this morning? I think every single one of us have been touched by being offended or somebody else that has been offended at us. And so once again, I think this is extremely important for us to really look into this morning. In Luke's gospel, Luke chapter 17, verse 1, Jesus said this to his disciples. He says, it is impossible that no offense should come, but woe to the person that brings offense. So he says there's two sides. There's the person that's going to purpose to be the offender. But he says, now listen, he said, offense is coming it's impossible for it not to happen so just be aware there are going to be opportunities for you to be baited into offense and it's just a trap that's waiting for you come on did you hear that this morning jesus himself said listen offense is going to come now what you do with it is entirely a choice that you have to make so if it's like a trap, if I can just to simply give you an example, uh, I don't know if anybody is necessarily familiar with uh, being a trapper or maybe uh, being a part of, of that kind of uh, outdoor sport. But when I was a teenager, uh, I loved trapping. It was very exhilarating and exciting because it was, it, there was a lot that went into it to set traps. You know, you have these steel traps. Some are called foothold traps. Some are snares. Some are what they call conibears. They're square, and you put them over a hole, and it catches them by the head. And so, but in order for those traps to be prepared right, you had to boil them. You had to dye them. And what that does is it eliminates the odor, or it tries its best to eliminate the odor on the trap itself. So it makes it uh, camouflaged, if you will. But then when you go to set that trap, you have to do it, do it in such just a way that it is cunning, that it is tricky, that it, it begins to lure the animal or the prey that you're trying to catch into a specific area so that they're caught unaware. And that's exactly what offenses are like. It is everyday people living everyday life being led down a road and being unaware that there is a trap waiting and there's bait that's just purposing to lure you in to the trap. Amen? So again, offense works the same way in the sense that it wants you to be hurt. It wants you to be resentful. And if you don't uh, give attention to that, have you ever noticed that the more offended that you get, the more hurt that you become, the more that you lash out? The hurt, try to hurt. And again, if I can just speak towards trapping, there was, you know, I wasn't a very good trapper because, again, it just took a whole lot of effort to make it happen. But there were some times that I caught some things, you know, caught a possum, caught a bobcat, caught caught a dog once and twice. <laughs> no, did I say that out loud? I'm sorry. No. But, you know, the thing about it is, you know, possums, did you know that possums, they just play dead? That's their tactic. And so they look so innocent. They look like they're sleeping. They look like they're just so passive. But you poke a possum, watch out. I mean, they come after you. I can remember the time that, that I caught a bobcat. 
And when I went up to him, he's just sitting there real nice and pretty. But the closer that I got, I mean, he went just crazy. I mean, trying to climb a tree just went crazy, hissing and just trying to come at me. Why? Because he is caught. He is caught in the trap and he's hurt and he's, he's scared and he's fearful. And so therefore, as a result, he lashes out. And once again, when we find ourselves being offended, that's oftentimes how we respond as well. We lash out. And the aftermath is oftentimes hatred, bitterness, and again, resentment. Jesus said offense will come. But the biggest test is how are you going to respond to the offense? Because offenses will come. But will you choose to be offended? The trap, if we begin to look at the trap in Ephesians chapter 6, starting in verse 10. Jesus, or excuse me, Paul says this. He says, finally, brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God. Do you know what armor does? It protects you from your enemy. It protects you from what is coming at you, right? He says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Everybody say wiles. Put on the armor of God that you'd be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. So Paul's saying that you're going to go through some things in life, and there is going to be some opposition in your life. And when we're talking about offense, Jesus said offenses are going to come. But he said this. He said, listen, you're not warring against people. There's something underneath of the surface that is trying to bait people to be either the offender or to be offended. Come on, are you seeing that today? Come on, we as a nation are at war with other nations around the world. Do you realize that we're not at war with other people? But there is an undercurrent or influence that is driving certain things of life. Therefore, as a result, we have to stand up and... Take the offense, if you will. But again, we're not warring against people. The enemy is out there trying to stir up stuff. And the Bible says this, that we would put on the armor of God to stand or withstand the wiles of the devil. Here's what the definition of wiles is. It's a cunning, crafty, subtle, or full of trickery. But then it goes on to say this. The most literal sense of the word actually in the greek greek is translated as methodos or the method is to lead down a road so we could say it this way the method the cunning craftiness of the enemy is to lead you down a road Everybody is living life and going through the, the, the motions and, and, and just on this road of life. But the enemy is saying, hey, can I bait you? Let me lead you off course. As I talked about the trapping just as, as a young boy, that was, that was the, the, the whole purpose of trying to catch your prey or that which you was trying to get. Is to lure them out of their way, to bait them, to distract them so that they're unaware That there's something right there ready to catch them. One of the greatest places to catch some of your prey is along a fence line. If you don't know, a a fence line, like say out out in the middle of a woods or something of that nature. Or out in the middle of a field. Coyotes, 
fox, raccoons, deer. What they'll do is they'll set up paths or animal roads that will travel along a fence line. So what do you do? You get in the middle of the road and lead them in such a way that you snare them through just being tricky, learning how to catch them. Amen? So Matthew chapter 16, verse 22 and 23 says this. Peter took him aside. And if you remember, Jesus was speaking to his disciples. And he said this. He says, he says I've got to go to the cross. I'm not going to be with you for very much longer. And then this is where Peter comes in. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him, saying, Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You are an offense to me. So again, if there's any confusion, Jesus said, Offense is coming. There's a trick, a cunningness. There is a a plot to lead you down a road. There is something that is trying to bait you to get into an offense. But here the Bible says, The one that is trying to get you into an offense is the enemy. Amen. The enemy. In fact, we see over in uh, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, if you recall, in fact, I won't take the time to read it all, but starting in verse 1, we see that John the Baptist had went to jail. Here he had been sticking up for Jesus. He had been preparing the way. He had been preaching and telling everybody, Jesus is coming. And finally Jesus showed up and he says, here he is. The Lamb of God, the one that takes away the sins of the world. He went to bat for Jesus. In fact, they were cousins. But then the Bible tells us that John the Baptist went to prison for Jesus' sake. And then the Bible says that while he was in prison, his disciples came to talk to him. And John the Baptist says, go ask Jesus, is he the one or do we look for another? And then this is what Jesus said. He says, the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed and the deaf ears hear. He says, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. Come on. Here Jesus is the one that he's been preaching about, but he's the one sitting in jail. So what do we know just from those two scriptures? What do we know about offense? Offense will always come, but it's a tactic of the enemy. Secondly, offense comes during emotional times. Come on, is anybody here this morning? Come on, offense doesn't come when everything is awesome and everybody high-fiving. It's like, whoa, come on, life is great. No, it's during those emotional times that offense begins to creep in. Offense will often challenge the truth. Come on, have you ever noticed that when people get offended, it is sometimes the most ridiculous things in the world? Come on, it is like, are you serious? Well, you said, no, I didn't say anything like that. No, I know what you said. No, I didn't say anything like that, but that's what you heard. And the enemy gets in there and begins to twist and bait things to where offense comes. Come on, I know I'm not preaching to you guys, but it's about the family that you're getting ready to have Thanksgiving with, right? I'm just helping you. None of us in here have ever been offended. Offense typically comes, now notice, 
Remember, he said, the blind see, the deaf hear. But offense often and typically comes through what you see and what you hear. Somebody either going to do something or somebody's going to say something. And that's the open door. And you have the opportunity at that point whether you're going to take the bait or whether you're not. And in the midst of your offense, just as we've seen John the Baptist, there are going to be times that you're going to be tempted to be offended at God. Because God, this isn't what I bargained for. God, this didn't turn out the way that I thought you said you were going to do it. God, I don't understand. And if we're not careful, we have the opportunity to get offended at God. Offense will come. Matthew chapter 24, verse 10. It says, and then many will be offended. And many will be offended. Now listen, Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says this. He says, listen, in the last days... Just before I come back, this is what you'll see. So with that in mind, listen to what Jesus says. In that day, many will be offended. Everybody say many. Many. And then we also saw Jesus said, offense will come. Many will be offended in that day, will betray one another and will have uh, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive you. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Have you ever noticed that in these days that we're living in, people get offended at everything? Seriously. Maybe it's just because I've gotten older. But I don't think it's ever been like it is now. But does it seem like road rage is at an all-time high? I can remember being in Tulsa probably, oh, close to 15 years ago. And I was sitting at the park. And as I was looking uh, uh, from the park where I was, was at with, I don't know if I was with my wife or whatever the case might be. But there was an intersection right there. And something happened in the midst of the intersection. It was a four-way stop right there. And the guy in the back car jumped out, went to the car in front of him. They're starting screaming at one another. And then the guy that's standing outside of the car starts wailing inside the window, punching the guy. I'm thinking, really? It just seems like everything has escalated, people being it offended. Come on, we just had an election about two weeks ago. And look at all the offense that is taking place. Being offended because my candidate didn't get elected. Listen, it don't go always the way that you want. It was a 50-50 chance. And people are so offended. You know, the, the, the colleges and universities are exempting students from having to take their exams because they're so devastated and offended. You know, my dad says, yeah, we ought to give them Play-Doh and crayons, you know, just pacify them a little bit. I mean, it's sad how offended that people have become in this time that we're living in. But Jesus said it is a sign of the last days. And it's a road that people are being lured into. Come on. I mean, I was at Walmart the other day. Or not Walmart. I was at Menards. And there was an older couple in front of me. And... The ironic thing is, is that this older guy was sitting in one of those little Amigo carts. And somehow the clerk was not doing something the way he thought she should do. And you could just see him turning red and starting to get ruffled. 
And he started to really talk to her really indignant. And I'm thinking, buddy, what is your deal? She's just trying to do her job. Here he's sitting in the Amigo. I'm thinking, well, you little fat sucker, you had to just drive all over this Menards, you know. And you had to sit in your little Amigo, excuse me for this being real direct. But he's getting so upset that all of a sudden he gets out of the Amigo and he's like, <laughs> you know. And then he's looking at me like, see, do you see what's going on? I'm thinking, yeah, I see you're being stupid right now. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? I'm thinking, how this woman is making minimum wage and you're acting like an idiot. So what if she made a mistake? So what if the computer's not working? So what? Life's not that, you know. But people just will purpose to get offended at every little thing. And notice what the goal of it is. That in those times, the love of people's hearts will wax cold. See, that's what the enemy's after. He's after love. He's after the love walk between family members. He's after the love that we give towards one another. Amen? And like I said, our culture is this full of people just choosing to be offended. Offended that we talk about the Bible. Can't believe you're talking about Bibles and bringing religion into the conversation of life. So offended that, you know what, I don't, I don't want to have the Ten Commandments in the town square. So offended uh, uh, that we just, we just don't want to have anything talked about when it comes to religion. And really what they're doing is saying, I'm offended at God. Why are they offended at God? Here's what it gets down to. They're offended at God is simply because they don't want to do what God wants them to do. So really the heart of it is rebellion. Come on, think about it. If he was to tell people, you know what? You can do whatever you want to do. And you can still have God. Who in their right mind wouldn't take that deal? So it's not a God thing. It's not a religious thing. It's not a faith thing. It's a rebellion thing. I don't want to do what God wants me to do. And as a result, offense comes into people's lives. Can you say amen? People get offended because, well, bless God, you ought to make me feel good. I just feel emotional right now. (laughs) I won't go there. Praise the Lord. All right. (laughs) Some people are. But here, this, this is something that is very descriptive of people that get offended. Now, again, if you're a person that's highly offendable, then I want you to take inventory. Just look and smile and nobody will know that you're the offended one. And just smile and I'll just think that I didn't offend you, all right? So we okay? Offended people, here's really the heart of it. Offended people are selfish because they make it about them. Offended people are really insecure. Offended people are negative. Come on, have you ever been around those offended people where it's like every time you talk to them, the conversation turns negative. It's like, man, if I try to be positive, you'd find a way to make it negative. Offended people are full of fear. People that are offended are an easy mark. Come on. You know what I'm talking about? They're easy marks. Why? <laughs> if we want to pick on anybody, let's pick on them. And we can really push their buttons. 
Offended people are miserable. Offended people hinder the plan of God for their life. The Bible says, if you don't obey God, you're unwise. And he says, don't take offense. So therefore, we could say offended people aren't wise. And then lastly, offended people, they're not free. Come on, you, you know what I'm talking about? Man, it just grieves my heart at times when we see people that are just so full of offense. And they're not free. I mean, it's like, in fact, let me, let me put it this way. If you have a sponge and you put a dry sponge in a bucket of red Kool-Aid and you squeeze the sponge once you take it out, what's going to come out of the sponge? Red Kool-Aid. And that's what people are like that are so offended. You don't even have to barely touch them and offense comes out because they're full. You can hear the fear in their voice. You can hear them talking how miserable they are. You, you see that they're so insecure and negative about everything. And God says, I want you free. And people say, but it's so hard serving God and living for God. No, listen, it's hard living a life apart from God full of sin. This, this life of Christianity and walking with God is a life of freedom. And he says, cast all your cares upon me because I care about you. I can give God my offense. Well, God, you saw how they treated me. Let me handle it. Well, God, you heard what they said. Let me take care of it. Come on. Are we in a place where we can let God be God? Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 10. And the Amplified, it says this. It says, So that you may surely learn to sense what is vital and approve and prize what is excellent, and the real value, recognizing the highest and the best, distinguishing, distinguishing the moral difference, and that you may, may be unattained and pure and unerring and blameless, so that with heart sincere and, and certain and, uns, and unsullied, you may approach the day of Christ, not stumbling or causing others to stumble. When you find yourself in an offense, what's the devil doing? He's leading down you a road of offense or stumbling. And it would be real great to say, it's huge. It's this huge thing that got in my way and it stumbled me or it caused me, caused me to stumble. But typically what it is, it's just the little things. I stumble here and I stumble there and I stumble there. It's because I've consistently given place to offense in my life. And God tells us. Don't take offense. Don't take it. Well how could I take it? Because it's bait. I said it's bait. I heard this story. Of a tribe in Africa. That they ate monkeys. And so this is how they would hunt for the monkeys. They would have this gourd. That they hollowed out. And they would put bait inside of the gourd. But they would put a little hole that was just, just big enough for the monkey to put his hand in the gourd. Once the monkey reached in and grabbed the bait, he wouldn't let go. And therefore, because he wouldn't let go, he was stuck in the gourd. And once they saw him, the tribe come out and beat his brains in. 
<laughs> and then they ate them. <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. That's just, I'm graphic, graphic that way. <laughs> all he had to do was let go. I said, all he had to do was let go, but he wouldn't let go. And what's the enemy doing? He's just waiting for you to take the bait. And therefore, God says, don't take offense. God wants us to love people. And again, that's the goal that the enemy is trying to keep us away from. Offense will keep you from loving people. You may say, well, what about unforgiveness? No, unforgiveness is a byproduct of offense. If you give place to the offense, you'll get to a place where you can't be forgiven, forgiven or forgive others. But the Bible says love covers a multitude of sins. And I'll finish with this story of Noah. The Bible says that after they endured the flood, the Bible says that Noah got drunk and went into a tent, fell asleep, pulled all his clothes off. And some people say, well, I can't believe Noah would do that. Well, it probably is that, you know, after being a year on the water, probably was celebrating, celebrated too much. And probably stunk so bad, he's like, man, I got to get these clothes off. But, you know, just passed out in the mist. I don't know. I'm just making up my own story. But the Bible says that one of his sons came in and saw the nakedness of his father. And he went out and started telling all the other family members. But the two other brothers went in backwards and held up a blanket and walked in backwards and covered up their father and would not look at their father's nakedness. Nakedness symbolizes the sinful nature or just the act of disobedience or getting into a fault. And the Bible says that the two oldest brothers didn't look at the fault but purposed to cover up the fault for the sake of anybody being offended. And the one that went out and started blabbing The Bible says that God actually cursed him. But the two oldest brothers, the Bible says that God blessed them. Love covers. It's so easy for us to buy into the offensive nature. Buying in or trying to uh, bite the, the bait that's been set before us. To get us into the lure of offense and stirred up. But God wants us to be free. And if you're not free, you can't love people. And you can't help people be free. Are you here this morning? Now as I said. God's not wanting to lead us in a position to where. He's going to do anything that. Is going to be hurtful. Harmful. Or anything that we don't want to do. People that have been offended at God. Are ones that would say. I don't want to submit my heart to God. But as you find yourself with family. Maybe these couple days before you even get to the family affair. Or maybe it's actually the day of. And you feel God prompting your heart to say or do something. And believe me, it's going to be an act of love. And it's going to be something that your flesh screams about. Well, God, don't you know what they said? Don't you know what they did? But you're the one that's there to bridge the gap. And anytime God leads you to do something. It's for your benefit. So when you feel that prompting. If God starts giving you some direction. Just say God. 
This is going to be for my benefit. And just step into it. Amen. Because you realize when you get to that place of the family gathering. There might be that one that has carried the offense. And they don't have to say anything. They just carry it. The whole atmosphere is frigid because the offense comes in with them. You can warm up the environment simply by loving them. And choosing to forgive and not be offendable. Amen? Let's stand. With every head bowed and every eye closed, let's just pray for this holiday season. Pray for our families. Pray for this church family. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for every single person that's here. And every single person that would call this place home. I thank you that, Lord, in these days, our heart is not waxing cold. But, Lord, we're purposing right now to walk in love. We know that offense will come or has come or will continue to come. But, God, we refuse to give in to the bait and be snared and trapped by it. God, right now, we ask you to give us direction to build a bridge between our family, our friends, our loved ones. Because offense is not worth it. It's never helped anybody. There's never been one benefit from being offended. And that's why the enemy is so strategic in getting us there. Just so that we be idle and of no good. So God help us. Give us wisdom. Give us direction. Help us bite our tongue. Help us to say things in love. To be bridge builders. And so therefore we thank you for a great holiday season. And we thank you that this church is growing in love like never before. In Jesus name. And we all said. Amen. Amen. to this podcast and take a look at all of our social media sites which can be found at our website gvchurch.tv we know that today's message has been a blessing to you thanks for listening we are genesee valley church loving god loving people and loving life